Hello everyone and welcome to The Village Voice, Parenting Beyond Discipline, the place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your host, Erin Royer-Azraland, and welcome to our episode on Media Guidelines by Age. Media has become a big part of our lives, and especially of children's lives. My main area of research in graduate school was the effect of media on children's development, so this is an area where I have a lot of expertise interest, and passion. In today's episode, I will share a basic piece of managing our kids' media consumption, and that is the recommended media guidelines by age. I will cover these guidelines from two highly reputable sources, the AAP, or the American Academy of Pediatrics, as well as 0to3.org, and that's spelled out, Z-E-R-O-T-O-T-H-R-E-E.org, 0to3.org. Then, as always, I will answer a couple of questions that came in this week. First, I want to share some information about these two sources. The AAP is the Professional Membership Organization for Pediatricians, both primary care as well as specialists. Their mission is to attain optimal physical, mental, and social health and well-being for all infants, children, adolescents, and young adults. So when they publish research, it is well-vetted and reputable. So I use their research findings and guidelines whenever possible. Zero2Three.org is a national nonprofit organization that provides parents, professionals, and policymakers the knowledge and know-how to nurture early development. Their mission is to ensure that all babies and toddlers have a strong start in life. So just like the AAP, their research is well-vetted and reputable. So I feel confident in sharing the guidelines from both of these organizations. Now this information ties in tightly with the effects of media, which I cover both negative and positive effects in my class on kids and media available on the website. I will be discussing some of that information as well on an upcoming episode. So when I talk about media in this episode, I'm speaking of digital media, which is basically anything with a screen, computer, smartphone, tablet, or TV. While there are some benefits to media, because media usage tends to cut into time for more growth-stimulating activities, such as reading, developing relationships with peers and family, physical activity, and developing other physical, mental, and social skills, this is an area of modern life that does need to be regulated closely by parents. 0to3.org tends to have stricter guidelines than those of the AAP, so I will share both guidelines as I go through the ages. So first, guidelines for kids under two. Both the AAP and zero to three say no screen time at all for children under the ages of two, so 23 months and younger. This means no tablets, no cell phones, no TV, no computers, no screen time whatsoever. For ages two to three, the AAP says two hours a day max, and it must be quality. And by quality, they mean educational only. Sesame Street, Blue's Clues, Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood, and those types of shows. These are shows with educational content, but also slower pacing, meaning slow cuts and fewer edits. Zero to three says for ages two to three and a half, a half hour a day max. For ages three and above, the AAP says two hours a day max of entertainment content, And zero to three says from age three up through age nine, one hour a day max. So here are some statistics 
on the actual media usage versus the recommended usage by the AAP. 17% of infants under one year old and 48% of one-year-olds and 41% of two-year-olds were reported to watch more TV than the AAP recommends. So this means that since the AAP recommends no screen time under two, that 17% of infants under one-year-old and 48% of one-year-olds are getting some type of exposure to some screen time. But the study doesn't say how much exposure, so it could be 20 minutes a day or two hours a day, we just don't know. But here's the one that throws me. 41% of two-year-olds were getting more screen time than the AAP recommends. So that means 41% of two-year-olds are getting more than two hours a day of screen time. Now don't forget the AAP has looser guidelines than 0to3.org. The average two to four-year-old is getting two and a half to three and a half hours per day. That's a lot of screen time. Now, those statistics are relatively old at this point. They are from 2002, before tablets and so many online games and apps were mainstream. So I expected today's numbers would be even higher. I did some research to find some newer statistics. What I found came from the Sesame Workshop and the Joan Gans Cooney Center. And these statistics say, kids ages two to five average three and a half hours a day which is also the highest we've seen in the past eight years. Children ages eight to 10 are spending about five and a half hours a day using media. But because they're also multitasking, like watching cartoons while using a portable gaming system, they're actually being exposed to eight hours a day. Now, of course, not all screen time is created equal. There are some positive uses. But in general, research is showing that most kids are getting two to four times the recommended amount of screen time, and that currently very little of this time is spent on educational projects, research, and homework. A vast majority of it is television, gaming, and texting. I will share some more about positive uses of technology later in this episode when I answer a great question that came in this week from one of our parents. The most current AAP guidelines were composed in the 1990s, and since then, the world of digital media has evolved rapidly. The AAP is currently reviewing their guidelines and expects to come out with an updated version in October of this year, 2016. Technology changes much more rapidly than research can keep up with, so scientists are continually trying to catch up with the effects of the new uses of technology on children's development so we parents can make informed decisions. One of the questions that has arisen around this no screen time under two is what about Skyping with relatives far away like a parent traveling or serving overseas or a grandparent? What the AAP is wanting to make clear is that relationships are important. If this is the way for kids, even under two, to connect, then of course they should. But also just as important is to be cognizant that children learn 20 times better from face-to-face -face interactions than from screens. So the AAP still advises the following, and this is in quotes, no screens for children under two because there's no evidence of benefit and a lot of concern about harm because we worry about what screen time may be replacing in the lives of young children who need direct human interaction to learn and develop. So what they really want to make sure is that they're saying, yes, it's okay to Skype with a relative far away if this is the only 
um, if this is the only option, but they don't want it taking place of face-to-face -face interactions when possible. And so Dr. Straussberg, a distinguished professor emeritus of pediatrics at the University of New Mexico School of Medicine and co-author of the original policy statement, wants to make clear is that media violence will never be good for kids. Sexual content at a young age will never be good for kids. First-person shooter games will never be good for kids. He says the research is very clear and that will never change but that it's okay to have a little bit of interaction on the screen, even for children under two, with a parent or grandparent or relative who's far away and cannot be in the child's life on a daily basis during that time. Hey, Parenting Beyond Discipline listeners, ready to create a home that fosters love, warmth, and style? Look no further than Home Threads, your partner in crafting a nurturing environment. At HomeThreads.com, explore a thoughtfully curated collection of furniture designed for families who believe in positive parenting. From cozy reading nooks to durable playroom essentials, our pieces are crafted to enhance your parenting journey. Home Threads has an incredible selection of furniture, decor, and accessories like throw pillows, blankets to snuggle under for family movie nights or reading time that helps you create the warm, cozy home that is the foundation for happy family memories. I love all the great pieces I've gotten from Home Threads to finish the look in my home. Gorgeous yet durable and cozy accent throw pillows, blankets, and some really cute wall decor. I have an ocean theme throughout my downstairs, so I got a couple of really great wall pieces to finish that look. And some picture frames for the family photos. Visit homethreads.com parenting today and get a code for 15% off your order. That's homethreads.com slash parenting to get your code for 15% off your order because great parenting deserves a great home. Home Threads, love where you live. To me, there is nothing more important than my family's health and well-being. We all know the quality of the air in our home is important, but did you know indoor air quality can be up to 100 times dirtier than outdoor air? I've got to tell you about Puro Air. In 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, dander, and gases from the room. Puro Air uses a stronger filter called a HEPA-14 that filters pollutants at a microscopic level and is backed by scientists from Harvard and MIT. In laboratory studies, users saw noticeably cleaner air in just 30 minutes. When it comes to babies and children, there's nothing worse than dealing with a cranky baby or child who can't sleep because of congestion. Air purifiers can help reduce congestion and improve immune system function to fight those winter colds and flus. I use my Puro Air purifiers to clean the air in my home, especially in our bedrooms while we sleep. It has a quiet, relaxing hum and cleans the air from pet dander, allergens, viruses, dust, mold, odors, and contaminants. It has four levels, low, medium, high, and sleep and four different timer options so you can customize it to your home and your needs. Check out Puro Air at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Puro Air is the only air filter that uses a HEPA-14 filter. That's getpuroair.com. You may be able to deduce, to some degree, my stance on screen time and maybe wondering my thoughts on the difference between the two different sets of guidelines, between the AAP and zero to three. So I'll share my thoughts on the differences and which guidelines we strive to hit both in the past and currently. I think any family that is staying within the AAP guidelines is doing a solid job in this day and age 
of regulating screen time. I also see it as a weekly goal rather than a daily one, kind of like a healthy eating lifestyle. It's okay to have a piece of cake or maybe even two and then be healthier the rest of the week. So I'll share the guidelines that we strive to hit both in the past and continue to have boundaries around screen time in our home. We shoot for somewhere in between the two sets. I prefer to try to stay closer to the zero to three, and that gives us a lot of wiggle room to keep us well below the AAP guidelines. So now for more guidelines on what to regulate for actual content. For kids in the late threes to early fives, really watch out for scary and or violent content. Nightmares can be very common in this age range, so scary themes can fuel nightmares. For children under six, be very cognizant of the content. No exposure to news media, even in the background. Kids this age usually do not have a good concept of space and time, so repeats and footage can seem like something is happening over and over. They don't realize it's a repeat. They have no concept of things happening on the other side of the world. They think it's close by. For fictional content, most kids under eight are not fully capable of distinguishing fantasy and reality. They do not have a full understanding that what they're seeing on the screen is not real. For kids up to 12 years, watch with your child or preview the content beforehand. I remember when I worked with middle school kids, almost every single one of them told me their favorite show was Jersey Shore. I don't even know if that's still on. But these are 11 and 12 year old kids. Every single one of them also told me that their parent, or in some cases their grandparent, had no idea they were watching the show and if they knew, they would not approve. So make sure you know what your kids are watching and know what's in that content. Now for some recommended TV viewing guidelines. Watch together with your child and discuss what you see, how the characters treat each other, and use it as an opportunity to teach social skills. Teach about fantasy versus reality, not just for kids six and under, but all the way through when your kids see things such as sex, violence, advertising, as well as a quick, neat, and tidy, happy wrap-up in half an hour, share how these are not real life. Try to choose shows that emphasize your family values. Also, I strongly recommend not allowing any TV in kids' bedrooms. There is a lot of research that shows many negative effects of this, including increased weight and health problems, lower academic scores, less sleep, among many, many others. The same thing for computers, tablets, and gaming consoles. If you want more information on this, I go into much more detail on this in our class on Kids and Media on our website. Also, do not eat meals in front of the TV. Make mealtimes family social times. Mealtimes should be times for connecting and visiting at the end of the day. And a follow-up to that is to have a no screen time rule at mealtimes in general. Have everyone, and this means parents too, Leave their phones and tablets outside the dining area and keep the TV turned off as well. Also, stop TV viewing one to two hours before bed, as light from the screens affect the body's ability to fall asleep and therefore can really affect the quality of our kids' sleep. And adults too. Ask babysitters to maintain your house rules about viewing. And in divorced families, 
I know this is easier said than done in many cases, but as much as possible, try to have both households be consistent. Now I'm going to get into some discussions about tablet usage and guidelines. Research shows that the number of kids using touchscreens has doubled in the years from 2011 to 2013, according to a report by CBS Baltimore. Almost 40% of babies under two and nearly 75% of kids under eight are using them. This is not necessarily all bad, except for that 40% of babies who are getting access under two. But the one thing that has come out recently is that there has been a marked increase in kids coming to kindergarten low in fine skill development. These kids have a hard time with pencil grip and cutting with scissors, and therefore they are not ready to learn to write their letters, so they fall behind academically. There have been increasing numbers of kids going to occupational therapy to try to remedy this problem. So this problem is being attributed to the increased use of tablets rather than kids having more time interacting through real world play. So just like guidelines for all other screens, no tablets for kids two and under. For kids three to six, limit touchscreen use to no more than 15 minutes at a time. If it helps, set a timer. This will help eliminate any issue of it interfering with fine motor development. Kids in these age groups and older as well learn best and need the real world experience of interactive play and learning. There are lots of reasons for parents to be concerned about internet safety, from kids seeing scary violent or other inappropriate content, to child predators befriending kids online, to cyberbullying. Here are a few statistics that demonstrate why it's so important to make internet safety a priority. The Rochester Institute of Technology published a study in 2008 that showed that 13% of second and third grade students report that they use the internet to talk to people they do not know. 11% report having been asked to describe private things about their body and 10% have been exposed to private things about someone else's body. That is alarming. So now we'll get to some questions. Jamie from Maryland asks, I like the idea of using computer and tablets for learning. Can you recommend some good games for my eight-year-old son to learn online? Yes, Jamie, I sure can. As much as I come down pretty hard on screen time, if learning online engages kids, especially older kids, like seven and older, this is one of those areas for positive media influence. For the computer, I have a couple of favorites. One is a math program from Stanford University called giftedandtalented.com. They have online math as well as language arts, but so far I've only had my kids try the math program. It lets kids go at their own pace, and most kids end up an average of two grades ahead in math by the time they finish the program, which goes up through the sixth grade. They also have an advanced math classes available beyond that though. So I highly recommend that site. There is also a site called Code Studio. The URL is, and make sure you enter the whole thing because it's HTTPS, HTTPS colon slash slash studio.code.org. Again, that's HTTPS colon slash slash studio, S-T-U-D-I-O dot code c-o-d-e dot org there are lots of fun activities for teaching kids the basics of computer programming and it's all free the materials were created by engineers from google microsoft facebook and twitter 
They even got companies on board like Disney, Rovio, and Electronic Arts so kids can code to make characters like BB-8, Elsa, or Angry Birds find their way through mazes and other adventures, so it's pretty fun. My six, now seven-year-old, first learned about this at school and couldn't wait to do more of it at home. He loves it. Another site I like is called mathplayground.com. So many math concepts are covered beyond the basics, like fractions, decimals, algebra, and more. Just as an example of a few of the fun games, you can race a car or a penguin that jumps across other players by answering multiplication questions. Or you can also do it with adding fractions. For apps, one of my favorite educational game companies for younger kids is called Art Gig Apps. They have several great apps like Mystery Math Town, which also has some great graphics and music. You can choose what level of addition, subtraction, multiplication, and or division to include. Then you solve the math problems as you work your way through a kind of maze of houses. So it's really cute and I think a lot of fun. A new up-and-coming educational game company called Newhubit Software Studios is right here in my backyard and their first game just launched last December called Bubbly Primes. It's a really fun game that teaches kids about prime numbers and factoring. The developer is a teacher, musician, and programmer, and he blends all three of his skills nicely in this game to help teach kids a math skill in a very fun way that can otherwise be very frustrating. So if your son is ready to learn these concepts, or when he is, be sure to check out Bubbly Primes. There are several other websites and apps that I cover in a blog post. It's called Fun and Engaging Kids Math Apps and Sites by Grade. So for more ideas on that, you can go to yourvillageonline.com blog and look under the education section or just search and you can find it. I didn't get a chance to go into this much in this episode, so I'm gonna take this chance to reiterate that while there are some great benefits to learning using these sites and apps, be diligent about setting up parental controls on your internet and any smartphones and tablets. If you have an Apple device, I have a step-by-step guide on how to set up parental controls on those devices available on the blog called How to Set Up Parental Controls on an iPad and iPhone. Even with controls, always have your kids use these devices out in the open. Now I have a class coming up soon on protecting kids from sexual abuse, where I go much more into detail on the ways to protect your kids online. So be on the lookout for that class. And when it comes out, we'll also do an episode and cover some of that material. But keep sending in all these great questions. In our next episode, I'll be covering the basics of one of the biggest struggles in modern day families, peaceful parenting. This is always a wildly popular topic when I teach it here in town. So it's an episode you won't want to miss. If you would like to submit a question for that episode or other future episodes, you can send an email to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. You can also see what topics we have coming up by visiting our podcast page on our site, yourvillageonline.com slash podcast. Thanks so much, everyone, for tuning in today. And I look forward to seeing you next time.